are back again. Yep. Welcome back to the duct tapes. Quack. Got another. Yep. There's that duck. I'm just going to do it every yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So we are back with another great interview. So awesome. This one was super cool. With Kent C. Dodds. Um, Known for his very exceptional JavaScript testing course. And right. active participation, active positive participation. Yeah, I was just going to say, known for just being an all-around <laughs> nice guy yeah. and, and helpful in the JavaScript community. Yep. Um, and it was a pleasure talking to him. Um, and hopefully... You get as much out of this as we did. Because <laughs> Save me on that one. I was yeah. like, what am I going to say to end this sentence? He offered a lot of unique perspectives, some that I just haven't had before. Yeah. So it was... Very educational, very entertaining, and we hope you enjoy. Yep, listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so let's I, start off. Yes, yeah, some basic introductions. Um, my name is Tiffany. It's super awesome to be talking to you. Um, I am consider myself more on the junior development side still. I start with front end, but I am working really hard to get like my full stack and like more database like experience like up to par. And uh, I've also done a lot of live streaming off of uh, Twitch. I'm a big gamer. So cool. that's how I first heard about you, actually. Somebody came into our channel while we were developing a project and suggested your um, JavaScript testing course. Oh, and nice. And so, yeah, I haven't actually purchased that yet and taken that, but it looks amazing. <laughs> and, like, I see all the, um, like, accolades and recommendation from other developers you have on the site. And that was just super awesome. So... Well, you know, when yeah. you agreed to the podcast, I was very excited to meet you. But <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, it seems like that testing course is pretty popular. That, that pops up quite a bit when we were kind of stalking you on the Internet yeah. and finding out more. <laughs> Learning more, <laughs> more doing about our research. You. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely is like that was a huge, huge effort. And it's um, uh, I don't know, it's it's helped a lot of people become um, confident with their ability to, to ship their apps, which is kind of the goal. I just want. I want like lots of people are kind of freaked out by testing like they don't know what it even is or how to configure the tools or like what do I even test um, and so I'm really happy to have that as a resource for people to learn how to do all that stuff. That's really awesome. So what kind of inspires you to to make a course like that or how, how do you choose what you want to make a course about? It seems um, like you're uh, pretty active in the community and trying to help people out so yeah how do you decide what what people need to know yeah uh for me it's more like what do i want to teach um mm. and so oh, and that typically is going to be what am i currently working on and doing and so the whole testing thing kind of came from just this um i don't know this uh desire that i have in myself to feel confident that the code i'm i'm shipping is going to work mm. um and so uh, I, I spend a lot of time doing the testing um, and I develop opinions about it and I start sharing some of those opinions and they resonate with people where they don't. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and then um, I just like, I kind of fell into it. I never really had a plan that, okay, I'm going to be the testing JavaScript uh, developer. Uh, uh -huh. that everybody's going to know me for testing. That was never really a, a like necessarily a goal of mine. It, all, it kind of happened just naturally. Mm -hmm. It's awesome that people found such like a great resource there. Like, so it's such a great, I don't know, like boost of confidence or just like um, something they can really use. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it, it seems to have helped a lot of people get a sure footing on what testing even is and how it can help them be more confident in shipping their apps. 
That's awesome. How long does it take you to like put a course like that together? Or are you constantly updating a course like that? Or Yeah, so that takes like I've been working on that course since I was a baby. You know, when I learned, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's really hard to quantify the time, right? Because I've, you know, first yeah. I had to learn to talk, and then I had to learn to type. <laughs> oh my you know? gosh. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, like it's pretty much ever since I started testing, I've been developing the skills necessary to to develop a course like that, and um, and really it comes down to developing opinions, and then um, teaching my coworkers or writing blog posts or whatever, and then. Um, ultimately trying to find better ways to communicate that information um, and then the actual like once I decided okay I'm gonna make this course um, it takes a crazy amount of time to develop material that um, will effectively teach the things that I want to teach um, and so that testingjavascript.com has um, I think six modules um, that are like individual courses on their own uh, some of them are longer than others but like all together, it's like almost five hours of content. And anybody who's watched my content on Egghead um, knows that like my stuff is very, very high value to minute ratio. Right. Uh, and so like every minute you're learning something like many things. Um, That's great. And so, yeah, five hours of very high value to, to um, time ratio um, of content. And so it to get that, I have to spend a lot of time perfecting um the examples and um, working through like just editing the videos takes a super long time uh, but the end result is uh, I'm not wasting any of your time uh, because exactly. it's all like coming at you fast and if it comes at you too fast you can slow down the video or you can watch it again um, and uh, and then there's always the the code there so yeah it takes a very long time um, like many many hours to make a course like that but it's super rewarding because I can point a lot of people to that and, and give them that value. Yeah. And I feel like it can be the opposite so many times with videos I've watched on um, a lot of those learning platforms where I'm not slowing it down. I'm speeding it up because mm. we're going through yes. steps that are seemingly basic or unnecessary. Um, just to say that the course is 40 hours long or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. Not much value added. There's just, you know, and it is, it does become like a waste of time if somebody's Ugh. reviewing something too much. It's like you have the recording. Yeah. You can say it once and you, if it's formatted well, I mean, that's for people who value their time. That sounds like the perfect solution, what you're doing. So thank you for putting the time into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just find that I learn more with that kind of uh, setup because I'm kind of forced to pay attention where a lot of times yeah. with the other ones, I'll find myself kind of dozing off or clicking around. Um, but anyway, you answered our first question. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I don't want to keep, you know, talking about other courses. Um, so what would you say is the most satisfying part about being a teacher? Like just getting all the constant positive feedback or, or starting the discussions that you're involved in online? Yeah. And like, how did you get into that in the first place or decide to pursue that? And then I was really curious with you having so much teaching experience seemingly now, do you notice there's like particular holes in a developer's like knowledge that you constantly come across? Like do, do certain people really need more experience or to take more time learning certain things or? Aside from testing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, good questions. So as far as like how I got into this and, and what motivates me to do it, um, I, I've been teaching forever. Um, I just really like the, um, uh, the idea that I can share what's in my mind with you and um, like 
if you think about it like knowledge is M&Ms, if I give you some of my M&Ms, now I don't have as many M&Ms and that like diminishes my quantity of, of M&Ms. And so like, I don't like that. I don't want to share as many of my M&Ms with you because then I don't have any, right? But knowledge is, is different where um, I give you M&Ms and now you have more M&Ms and actually I have even more than what I started with. Uh, that's what teaching is um, for me. So uh, when I teach, I um, not only am I sharing what I have with you, but I actually am increasing um, how much knowledge and understanding I have about the concepts as well. And so um, I, I don't know if I figured that out like early on. I, I certainly didn't figure that out early on. It was just I, I realized that after the fact um, that as I'm sharing uh, the knowledge, it's just solidifying in my mind and and um, it just kind of became this thing where, um, I don't know, I, I had something that I wanted to, to share with people. People were asking me questions and I would answer those. And, and it was kind of that experience of sharing that knowledge was pretty fun. That's awesome. I appreciate the candy analogy because I just got done watching the Halloween episode of Stranger Things. So <laughs> nice. I haven't watched it yet. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No spoilers on the duct tapes. No spoilers. I um, so I watched that first season um, by myself in a hotel room overnight. I wa oh. binge watched the whole thing uh, at the uh, Strange Loop conference in St. Louis. That's brave uh, of you. It was terrifying. I haven't. Watched <laughs> <laughs> I I don't plan on watching the other two because I just. Yeah, that's too much oh for me. Gotcha. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I was really curious. I love that aspect of teaching where it's one thing to learn it, but it's another thing when you're able to teach it, you do like gain so much more confidence in your own ability and just like learn as you're as you're in the process of doing the teaching. It like mm -hmm. almost seems counterintuitive, but that's awesome. Yeah, and I think a big part too that I've noticed with a lot of your teaching and your in your tweets and stuff like that is the positivity um which is kind of a weird thing to say but it seems like a lot of times like in communities or like stack overflow for example or, or in some github issues people end up kind of being snarky with each other or starting to go back and forth about things that aren't really involved in the initial question asked and they're just more kind of preferences to how that person codes mm, and then yep. the, it, it kind of scares people in my opinion like the scares like tiffany or i off, for example, yeah, when asking like, a question because sometimes you don't want to get bitten by these people that know I, the answer but want to kind of shame you for not knowing it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love using Stack Overflow like from Google, but I've never yeah. really participated in like that. That's just the first example of like a community. And I think it's great. I want to point that yes. out. So Stack Overflow, <laughs> don't come at me on Twitter. I like you, <laughs> but just sometimes it can get a little negative. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that uh, that that's something that I uh, as we we as a community need to be intentional about because it can be really easy to fall into the um like the feigned surprise like oh my goodness i can't believe you don't know this yeah um and and even uh when the intent isn't to shame or anything it, it just is really easy to uh kind of accidentally fall into that and and use words that make people feel bad about themselves mm -hmm. and um uh, like I don't want to live in a world that makes people feel bad about themselves. And so, uh, yeah, I am, I try to be really intentional about being inviting and welcoming and, and friendly to people. I, I'm not always like perfect at that, but I, I do try. And I think that's an important thing for everybody to, to, um, be intentional about being welcoming and friendly to new people or yeah, to everybody. It must, awesome. it must be difficult, especially putting out like, um, courses that like like you mentioned earlier you have to kind of be opinionated in what you're going to teach about and what you're going to say so i'm sure you have people kind of 
popping off here and there saying, well, you know, actually. <laughs> yeah. Having yeah. opinions. <laughs> totally. And early on, it w- that bugged me a lot. Um, and I would in- like talk and try to, to like not really argue, but persuade and, and try to understand. And I still sure. do that to a degree. Um, but now I, I get so much of that that lots of the time um, I'll, I'll maybe give a rebuttal or maybe I just won't engage at all. But it, if I can see that the conversation's not going to go anywhere useful, I just disengage from the conversation entirely because, uh-huh. yeah, most of the or sometimes there it's not in good faith. But even if it is in good faith, um, I'm just so busy and there's like so many things that I can do with my time right. that um, I can either spend more time working on a course that's going to help thousands of people or I can spend a bunch of time uh, going back and forth this with, with this one person. It's not um, productive. Yeah. It, like maybe uh, I feel kind of heartless saying that because that one person matters. Right. But mm. like when that one person is multiplied across like hundreds of people, I can't do that. Uh, and so I try to focus my efforts and, and increase the impact of my um, of the value I create by uh, creating value for many people. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, uh, and we've seen you are very active in like open source projects and like community projects as well, or at least you used to be. I don't know how mm-hmm. much you're focusing on that right now, but I w- or we were wondering like how, how do you get involved for someone who has never been involved? Like w- how do you choose the first project you want to participate in and how do you kind of talk to the people maintaining that project and start actually making like pull requests or merge requests and get involved in something like that and then from a different angle for someone who's going to be using these libraries do you have any like red flags that you notice for like an open source project or library that you would choose to stay away from it or not use it in your project those are good questions Uh, so i am very active in the open source community uh have been for pretty much as long as i've been doing software um I, I think that it is a ton of fun. It gives me a ton of experience. What, what's cool about open source is when you're participating in this and collaborating with different people, you literally have hundreds or thousands of people who are reviewing your code and telling you <laughs> how you can improve it. And so like people are always asking, you know, how do I find a mentor? Well, participate in open source and you've got thousands of them. Um, oh, and yeah. so it's, it's been a huge part of my uh, t- personal career development um, as well as like, you know, uh, developing empathy as well uh, for other people who are trying to learn this stuff. So yeah, how I got into it, I um, I was using a project and it wasn't doing what I wanted. And um, so I opened an issue and I said, here is what it's doing. Here's what I want it to do or what I want it to be able to do. Um, and um, I said, well, I can fix that. I, I I read through the source code. That's that's one thing I think people are afraid to read through the source code of projects and like it's all just code. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they're using syntax you're not familiar with, but that's something that is a teachable thing. Like they they didn't know that syntax before they learned it either. So um, and, and so like I I contributed to that project and I started contributing more regularly as I saw other uh, things that it didn't do that I needed it to do for the product I was building. And eventually mm-hmm. they, they gave me the project um, and I was the maintainer for a, a long time. Um, and that's just, and, and once you start getting into open source, you identify um, like, or, or I guess it's just software in general. When, you, when you're developing a lot of software, um, you can um, feel pain points, but if you aren't like 
self-aware that those are pain points, then you may not um, put forth the effort to solve those problems. But I try to be really self-aware and like, wow, this is not easy. Um, I'm not just going to sit down and live with that. I'm going to go f- like figure out how I can make this easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you start contributing to open source just naturally out of that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just been a, a huge help for me, um, in, in contributing and, and getting involved and it's not easy. Your first pull request might not get merged, but mm-hmm. keep trying. And I actually do have courses on egghead IO about contributing to open source as well as maintaining and building open source projects. Oh, wow. Um, so if people want to come across those, like, yeah, I'm definitely going to take a look after this. Thank you. Yeah. And they're, they're both totally free. So you don't even have to be an egg, egghead wow. subscriber to, to watch those. Um, so you can find one of them at makeapullrequest.com. Um, and then the other one, it's like how to write an open source JavaScript library. Um, but, uh, yeah. So to answer your other question about, um, like red flags with projects, I think, um, if you can see that the maintainers are not, um, welcoming or or friendly, uh, that, Mm -hmm. that'd be a big red flag for me. Um, and if, uh, um, yeah, like I, I also like I'm in the JavaScript space and mostly browser stuff. And so I'm really concerned about the size of the library that I'm bringing into my code base mm-hmm. uh, because I don't want to send megabytes down to my users. Um, I, I also look for tests. I want to know that I don't have to test this thing myself to be confident that they're not going to break something. Um, I really like it when people honor uh, semantic versioning. And so, you know, you have your major version bump for breaking changes, your minor um, for uh, for new features and patch for fixes. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's that's a pretty well understood contract. And if people aren't doing that, then it, that concerns me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if I see that the documentation isn't really up to snuff, uh, that could be red flag. It also could be that the maintainer just didn't get around to it. Um, and that's not a great thing, but it's a great opportunity to contribute. And so um, take that opportunity to say, hey, this isn't well documented. Could I help you with that? Um, so yeah, those are a couple of things. That's awesome. Yeah, the documentation is one where I've always kind of thought, well, maybe I could just, that'll be my first pull request. Yeah, yeah, yeah. certain libraries that, oh, I see. My first pull request was in the uh, Java um play or what was it yeah play framework um it was i was like digging through their code trying to understand how it worked like just in my ide and i noticed a a comment that had a typo in it so i went to find the github repo and i fixed the typo and that was my false pro first pull request that's you still remember yeah all right i'm (laughs) you inspired me i'm doing it now (laughs) it's gonna be something that small be great yeah typos (laughs) yeah well so like when you're getting into open source the hard part isn't figuring out like how to contribute code, like you know how to code. The hard mm. part is figuring out like the process by which you can you make the contribution. And that's actually what my course is all about. It's teaching you th- that process. Mm. That's super awesome. I particularly loved what you said too about how people should participate in open source to get 100 to 1,000 mentors. Because I know as I've been learning and still am learning, having a mentor who really knows what they're talking about especially if it's like one on the specific subject i'm focusing on has always been so valuable Mm -hmm. and i honestly have never i don't think i've ever thought about open source from that perspective so that was awesome and thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing that yeah absolutely so what do you do to to keep learning and to kind of keep up to date with yeah what's Mm -hmm. going on in the tech world or even something that you're working on like are you 
big documentation reader watching yeah. videos on youtube yeah. so i i um will occasionally watch videos the, the funny thing is that i don't typically consume the type of content that i produce um mm. like i i write a blog post every single week and i don't read a whole lot of blog posts um i probably write more blog posts than i read honestly um mm. which is now that I think about that, that's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> and, and I certainly make more video. Well, I, yeah, I, I think I make about the same number of videos that I watch. I don't, I don't do a whole lot of consuming that way. The way that I learn is I put it into practice and, um, you know, like when I'm barely learning something, I'm going to be looking at the documentation um, and mm -hmm. I'm going to try and figure that out. If it's not well documented, I'm diving into the source code or even if it is well documented, I, I dive into the source code. Um, or I'll step through it with a debugger or whatever. Um, but actually building stuff is, is where I, I really um, learn new things. I also, um, sometimes if I need some extra help, I will reach out to uh, uh, somebody who's a lot more knowledgeable about that thing and ask mm -hmm. them for help. Um, but I don't like to ask peop for people's help for free. So I'll either offer to pay them or more often I will turn it into an opportunity to um, increase the impact of the value that they create by talking with me, um, by recording a video of our, our conversation and putting that on YouTube. And um, people are so much more willing to do that because they know that when they're spending this hour with you to help you do this, they're uh -huh. actually helping like their entire community because it's yeah. recorded. Mm -hmm. um, and so like if there's something I'm totally, I don't understand at all and I need some extra help on, that's like something I, I do pretty often. Um, it's all, I'll just create an opportunity to create content and, um, and ask a, somebody who knows what they're talking about to help me with it. That's awesome. That's really good. Sweet. Well, yeah. actually I did, before we get to our, our <laughs> actually, questions that we asked. John, could I do w one other thing uh, that maybe Ooh. we can put in the, the notes about that? Um, I have a talk that I gave a couple years ago called Zero to 60 in Software Development, How to Jumpstart Your Career. Uh -huh. And um, in that, I, I go into a bit more depth of my like history of be getting into software um, and, and into speaking and into teaching um, and uh, like my learning and teaching process as well. So people can take a look at that if they want. Definitely. Perfect. Definitely check that out. We were going to ask, what we want to start asking everybody is what, because we both like music a lot. Love music. So what, yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite band? And then what music do you listen to while coding? Because I'm guessing they're different. Phew. Um, so I I don't really like. No, no, you can't yeah. be the first guest that we ask these questions. Yeah, so <laughs> so I, I, do, I definitely listen to music while I code. And I recently started listening. I got to pull, pull up my playlist because I don't even know oh, their names. Do it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I recently started listening to um, this like sort of electric music i don't know it's like techno-ish oh, I, yeah. I don't even know but um <laughs> yeah so uh john g right um they're like it's j-a-n-j-i um okay. and like music like that um uh -huh. is i i think is pretty cool um and i don't really have like a, a favorite band i guess um okay I, I'm kind of a Nirvana. boring, boring music person. <laughs> I, I have songs that I like, but I don't know who sings them or any of that. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally like the same way. Do you typically listen to music while you code or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that like more electric music. I'm also, yeah. um, I'm writing a fantasy novel 
Um, oh, cool. For fun. And so when I write that, I, I listen to uh, this soundtrack called Kaladin um, by the Black Piper. Um, huh. And that um, it just like sets me in the mood for, for my writing. So, so a fantasy awesome. novel. So let me ask you this because I'm often made fun of by my coworkers. Because I'm I'm old enough to have played Magic: The Gathering. Did you ever play that? I never did, you, but I. Okay, all right. Well, you didn't help me out. I, I <laughs> no, like I have taken some interest in it, mostly because um, my like writing hero, Brandon Sanderson. Uh-huh. Um, he loves Magic: The Gathering, and I'm like, oh man, if I learn how to play that, then maybe one day I could play with him, and that'd be super cool. <laughs> Dude. <yes. laughs> That's what we should make a podcast, guys, where I teach you how to play Magic the Gathering. I would totally show up. Okay. <laughs> Any new game, I'm that, down. That was not sarcastic. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we really appreciate it, Ken. Th- yeah, this is great. We just kind of get to, wanted to get to know you better. And, uh, super happy you brought up the fantasy the novel. Community. That yeah. was cool. <laughs> would have never yeah. thought to ask about that. Yeah. Could have yeah, used more can... help on the Magic the Gathering thing. Right? Maybe <laughs> <next> <laughs> yeah. You can follow my writing Twitter. It's Kent underscore writes. Can't underscore and, uh, right. keep, keep up to date with that novel. And then what, <laughs> yeah. what, what other stuff do you want to plug aside from your novel? Your novel? Let's do the regular um, so, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, my newsletter yeah. Um, is probably like the best way to keep up with things that are, I'm doing and, and not miss it because Twitter, like you miss things all the time. But my yeah. newsletter. The newsletter. Yeah, if you go to kentcdots.com, scroll down to the bottom and there's a little place you can um, fill out the, your email and whatever for, uh, for signing up for that. Um, I'm working on... Um, I'm doing a lot of remote workshops right now and Mm. that is like me working on material for a new course similar to testingjavascript.com except all focused on React Um, and so like from very beginner to very advanced uh, material and uh, and I've been doing these remote workshops to solidify this material so I can um, have have that for this course uh, recorded course so it'll be pretty uh, something to look forward to for sure awesome Check those out, guys. We'll make sure we include them in the notes. Yeah. People can have easy links. Yeah, we'll have like a, <laughs> a full novel there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ken. Really appreciate it. Yeah, okay. thank you, John. Thanks, Tiffany. Take it up. See, See you later. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah, next time there will be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. Wow, that was a great interview. So amazing. Learned so much. Yeah, Kent is a insightful and insightful and positive guy. It was really fun, really fun talking to him. Um, so where do we want to point people, Tiffany? We definitely need to point out the newsletter. So if you want to stay in touch with this guy and learn more from Kent, make sure you visit kentcdods.com. Scroll to jo- the bottom. Scroll to the bottom and join his newsletter. Yeah. Uh, that seems, I'm definitely going to be doing that. And then we also have his JavaScript testing course available at testingjavascript.com. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to be checking that out again too. You're, you're and, <laughs> and then also when you're at kentcdods.com, Maybe look at one of his workshops that he's doing. Oh, he's yeah, putting together his new, yeah, his new React course from beginning to advanced. So it might be something fun to participate in if you're in. That well, I guess space. if it's remote, you don't yeah. need to be anywhere. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, well, thanks, for everybody, for listening. Go to ducttapes.fm. Follow oh, us on ducttapes.fm. One more, FM. the 0 to 60 in software oh, yeah. development. Jeez, he Kent's doing everything. Yeah, he specifically pointed that out. Go so. to YouTube or just Google Kent C. Dodds 0 to 60 in software development. Check out that talk. <laughs> he's everywhere. Yeah, he, he's, he's all over the place. If you have time, check out our stuff. We would appreciate that. Ducttapes.fm on Twitter and Instagram, ducttapes.fm. 
on the browser. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Powered by Vincent. Quack, quack.